Please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. Hey guys, on my rail, heading to Magic Kingdom. Hey, RJ's here. Hey, 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 what up, Alex? Hey, take my photo. I will. Chris, get over there. I'll take a photo of both of you. Oh, thank you. I mean, it's been a while. Here you go. How's this look? Why'd you make us look so short, man? These camera angles are horrible. Yeah. What's going on? Sorry, I'll try again. How's this? Even worse, actually. Can, can you not? What's wrong with your camera, dude? I don't, I don't. Try one more okay, time. Here. One more time. Here you go. How's this look? Alex, what do you help design the camera angles on Epic Mickey? Alex, we should just <clears throat> trade you for a rabbit or something. I actually worked on Epic Mickey too. That's the worst one. Welcome to episode 233 of the Diz His Podcast. I'm your host, Alex. And I'm Chris. Today we'll be giving the his on Epic Mickey. And we are, of course, recording live for our Groove Troop. If you want to be a Groove Troop, go to our link tree. And over there, you can find a link to our Patreon. Low as $2 a month, you can become a Patreon member, which then you get access to our Discord server. And you become one of our Groove Troops, and you can watch us record live. You also get put into the running of gifts if you are higher than a $2 tier. From the link tree, you can also head over to our all our social media, DizHisPod, Facebook, DizHisPod. You can also send us an email at DizHisPod at Gmail. You can go to our Public and get some DizHis merch. And uh, you can get to our blog from there as well. Just everything at our, at our link tree, you know? It's easy. Chris set it up, right? Yeah, if I set it up, it's easy, yes. Yes, exactly. That's what you're implying, yeah. Yes, that's what I've, that's what I've been told. Uh, have I gone to this link tree myself? No, no, I have not. Oh, in spirit you have. We've talked I'm, about it. I'm told it works. Yeah. Oh, it definitely works. <laughs> I'm told it works. But you can't do on link tree is send us an email. So you're gonna have to go to your Gmail's uh, Yahoo yeah. Hotmail account for that. You can <laughs> shoot us over an email at dishispod uh, at gmail.com. Tell us anything you want. We will uh, we will read it on the podcast. And once you're done sending us an email, head over to wherever you listen to the podcast and leave us a review. Leave us a good review if we if we earned it. If we didn't, then email us and tell us how we can improve. Yeah, don't leave that in the comments. Send us a private comment. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like a video comment to like really be degrading, like degrade us, like make us do better. Um, like I said, we're doing Epic Mickey. So we had to bring on someone who's played the game and say they love it. So you know him, we know him. Our special guest today is RJ. Welcome back, RJ. Hey, howdy, hey, how's everyone doing tonight? I'm doing fine, doing fine. And uh, for all of you who don't know what Epic Mickey, you're like, Epic Mickey? I guess Mickey is Epic, if that's what you want to call him. Epic Mickey was released in November of 2010 for Nintendo Wii gaming system. It was developed by Junction Point Studios, later a subsidiary of Disney Interactive Studios. This action-adventure RPG game follows Mickey Mouse as he attempts to fix a problem he created while trying to help Oswald the Lucky Rabbit turn from being a bitter ruler to a hero. Epic Mickey was well-received and even spawned two other games, Epic Mickey 2, The Power of Two, for the Wii and Xbox, and Epic Mickey Power of Illusions for the Nintendo DS. Yes. So what uh, if we do, what if we weren't doing the history on the video game? We were just doing a very enthusiastic episode on Mickey. Yeah. Wait, wait we're doing the history on Epic. I thought we were doing Wii Fit tonight. That's why I came out. <laughs> the only video game I've played. Yeah, I love. I'm I sure love it's pretty Wii similar. Fit. 
Yeah, I'm sure you, ever get, you ever get the board to step on? That's the best. I broke it. Oh, dude, the board. All right. I always thought the marble game was hype. <laughs> um, so, Chris, have you played Epic Mickey? No, but I'm very familiar with the game because I've heard of it before. Okay. I, I have not played the game as well, but I have watched video on it, and it looks really good. I really want to play it. I wish I had access to it. I really don't. I think I said it last week during the episode that I really wish I did have the game because I started doing the history, and it's really looks fun to play um rj you played it correct i have which is strange i'm not really a much of a gamer especially compared to the two of you guys uh-huh. but it's a game that i really enjoyed um you know probably back in like middle school type age which is like it was like maybe eight years ago it wasn't really that long ago truthfully <laughs> but it was a game that i really had a really engaging storyline, had really engaging game mechanics, and I even remember playing it and I had a younger sibling who would just, like, watch me play it because they were so enthused by the game. Uh, the sequel I also had and played, and then my younger sibling could play along with me. And so it was a really fun game. And so for me, of all people, to get into a video game, which is pretty rare, it has to, in my opinion, take a pretty good game. And just to show out of touch Alex's with this game, he thought he could buy the disc and put it in, in his Nintendo Switch. <laughs> I, I, I thought all Nintendo systems were backwards compatible. I guess they stopped that at Wii U, huh? Yeah, yeah, I think they stopped that a long time ago, Alex. <laughs> I'm like that person's like, I keep trying to put this this disc in my PC, it doesn't work. Like you're just sliding it into the modem itself <laughs> between the cracks. I love how the, the switch nor the uh the dock is even as big as a CD. <laughs> no, I don't, <laughs> I don't know where that's that's I just crumple it up and sprinkle it in. See I'm over here, I have no clue what you guys are talking about. I do not know video games at all. That is where he peaked. This one, apparently. Epic Mickey, yes. Yeah. Um, Somehow I've got the edge on y'all for this game. And that's, I suppose, something. You know, it's kind of funny that you say, like, this is one of the only video games that really capture you because you are a very, we joke around because you're one of the youngest people in the, in the Discord, but you love the old style stuff. And Epic Mickey is very based on old IP. Would you say this is this what helped you get into the old IP of Disney? Ooh, I'd actually go vice versa there. Okay. So I, I remember way back when I was like, oh, it'd be fun to watch through all the old Mickey Mouse cartoons. And so I did. And so I watched through all of them, and then I had had this Epic Mickey game I tried to play years ago, but I was so bad at video games, I failed, and I was kind of spooked by the Mad Doctor, and I gave up. So I was like, oh, I'll start playing it again. <laughs> and it's a really neat aspect of the game, especially, where to travel from land to land and wasteland, which is like a darker, demented-type version of Disneyland. So to like get from That's cool. Mean Street, which is their version of Main Street, to... Uh, I forget what they call Adventureland. I think it might just be Ventureland. Uh, you have to go through what they call a projection screen. Yeah. Each projection screen is a classic Mickey Mouse cartoon, and so it turns into this little scroller mini game that you have to go through every uh. single time you want to travel between that land. And if you want to go in the opposite direction, you go through the entire scroller game backwards. You've got a specific music in the background, and this happens many times during the game, and I thought it was really cool to have each of those individual cartoons be represented, to have music and different game elements themed around it. And so that was something that really drew me in. Uh, I've seen all these old cartoons. It's so cool to see somebody taking them and modernizing them for a modern audience. Yeah, we'll definitely get into all that kind of stuff into the history, especially about how they did the art. But 
Yeah, I think I just from looking at images, this game looks like it's a great mixture of old school with new school. Well, can we get a rating, uh, RJ? Yeah. Oh, we haven't done ratings in first. I know. Ever. Let's get a rating and let's get a um, and let's get a memory. You could be, well, it could be like given my memory, but it could I be, think. but it could be a memory as far as like what your favorite um scene in the game is. Ooh, all right. So a rating. I would give it an 8.5 out of 10. Okay. Really fun. Um, some of the game mechanics are a bit flawed, in my opinion, especially the cameras. I remember the cameras being mm. absolutely awful. We get into the history? We will absolutely get into that in the history. That's something that many other people complained about as well. As far as a memory goes, there's this really fun boss battle in the first Epic Mickey game where you are in Fantasyland, and the villain that you have to face off against is a robot version of the small world clock. It's a really, really uh, that is cool. And so you can either paint in parts of the clock to redeem it and make it a good guy, yeah. or you can thin out parts of the clock to completely destroy it. Yeah. That's awesome. Oh, you have a choice? Yes. Well, yes. We'll you'll, that in the history you'll learn about that well. history. Interesting. Um, did it get a magic point? Um, I mean, in my opinion, it got a magic point. I don't know. The magic point's a very fluid idea in my opinion, but it's, it's certainly got a degree of Disney magic to it, I'd say. I mean, the guy's name who created it is a specter. He doesn't get much more magical than a specter. Alright, let's get to the his on Epic Mickey. The history of Epic Mickey starts in 1920s, when Walt Disney created Oswald the Lucky Rabbit for Universal Pictures. The cartoons of Walt and fellow animator Ub Iwerks would garner great success, making Oswald a household name. A common belief is that Universal Studios stole Oswald from Walt, but Oswald was always the property of Universal Pictures. As such, when Walt cut ties to the company, he had to start over, leading him to create Mickey Mouse in his desperation. Fast forward to 2003, Bob Iger, CEO of Disney at the time, wanted to bring Mickey back from being sidelined to other, more popular Disney IP. When Investa Games formed a think tank that was made up of seven undergraduate interns with the task of figuring out how to make Mickey relevant again while preserving his family-friendly charm. The group decided on an idea for a game that would take place in an alternate universe utilizing old Disney IP while making Mickey the hero character. The game would make Mickey battle against his jealous brother Oswald, while a second villain, the Phantom Blot, causes mayhem inside of the alternate universe. The idea for the game was pitched to Bob Iger, who liked the idea, but there was a big issue. Disney did not own the rights to Oswald the Lucky Rabbit. But in 2006, Bob Iger, who had previously told Walt's daughter that he would acquire Oswald at some point, followed through with this promise when he was able to add Oswald into a trade with NBC Universal, which would in turn release Al Michaels, an NFL sportscaster, from his contract with ESPN in exchange for Oswald and other minor assets. This allowed Disney to focus on the development of the game concept, but now they need a developer. So in 2007, Disney acquired Junction Point Studios from Warren Spector, who had formed the company in 2005. This was a big deal for the future of Epic Mickey because this meant that Spector, who came along with the company, was now named director of the project. This is a great advantage to Disney because Spector had learned how to design RPG games while working for Steve Jackson Games, where he was a writer, director, producer, and production designer. He was also a giant Disney fan and had previously learned about old cartoons for his work on the tabletop RPG tune. First of all, tabletop RPG. Did you have you ever heard of this, Alex? Seems like uh, it's up your alley. A have I ever heard of a tabletop RPG or have I heard of tune? 
<laughs> you play tabletop RPG every Monday, Alex. I know, but I, was, I so didn't I, know what your question was. <laughs> no, have you ever heard of Tune? <laughs> I have not heard of Tune, but I definitely want to look into it because it looks kind of interesting. Yeah, kind of neat. What I think is interesting is poor Al Michaels. He's just chilling and gets traded for a rabbit. Like <laughs> and other assets. Fake rabbit. But yeah, he <laughs> and there's a there's actually uh someone talked to him about that. And he's like, Hey, if anyone needs to see how like prestigious I am, I was traded for, you know, one of Disney's old IPs. He was traded for like let's be real. This man was traded for a rabbit and is trying to deal with it now. Like he can't go to a magic show without breaking out in a cold sweat. You know, Easter time comes around, he goes to the mall. Big Bunny is sitting in the corner on the throne over there, and Al Michaels runs away in the opposite direction. <laughs> this poor man. That's pretty crazy. Um that that happened. That's kind of funny. I uh, I love that little tidbit. I think we should do or somebody should do like a whole video breakdown of the tr like the trade of the century. Oswald for Al like Michaels. how that trade ended up like, you know, this different assets were used for different things. And like, yes, who yes. won the trade Universal Studios or Disney? Yeah, a, a video breakdown. Poor Al Michaels is just having a breakdown about it himself. <laughs> I don't know. He was actually happy about the release because he was able to go back and work with one of his good friends. But could you imagine being traded at your job? Like that's something you don't think of like at a job. That's true, too. I didn't think about that aspect. Like, of it. you know, people in sports. Yes, but he's a sports caster. He's not a right. sport person. So to go in and be like, hey, you got traded. Today. He's like, what? <laughs> Hey, Chris, uh, while we're at it, I would like to let you know you're being traded to Remy's Roundtable. Uh, we're getting Mark McKay. <laughs> Do I have five minutes to leave? Yeah. And some other assets, but we're not going to talk about it. <laughs> you know what I love about Disney? It's they're like, man, we need someone to develop this game. Let's just buy a company. <laughs> that's good, I'm that's not right. sure that's something they would do today right. with Disney starting to struggle a little bit more. But then again, they were in a tough spot back then as well. So who knows? So I'm looking up this tune RPG. Yeah. It looks like a knockoff version of, oh my gosh, it's $115 for the book. Vintage, it's vintage now on Amazon. Um, it looks like a knockoff of like Looney Tunes. Yeah. 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 Pretty much. I mean, it's tune t-o-o-n oh well, that makes a little more sense you know but yeah but i mean that's a great person to have involved someone who did research and made a tabletop rpg i can't imagine i can't even i play dnd i can't fathom how a tune rpg would work um so what a great person to have involved in an epic mickey game yeah kind of um, neat it looks like he made the right choice too mm-hmm now, I would like to mention, I think we've talked about everything in this history except for Oswald the Lucky Rabbit, which yes. is something that I think you may have referenced on Diz His before. I don't know yes. that you've done a deep dive into Oswald yet. You're correct. But... We have not done a deep dive, but we have talked about him because when we did the Mickey episode, mm -hmm. you had to talk about Oswald. There is no mm -hmm. Oswald. I mean, there's no Mickey Mouse without Oswald the Lucky Rabbit. Does he and talk? You can't... Uh, no, because Oswald's films were silent. That's what I thought. Um, yeah, I just didn't know if they worth changed noting. It. Right. If you look way back at when Disney started this whole cartoon business, he originally had the Alice comedies and created Julius the Cat, who was a complete ripoff of iconic cartoon character Felix the Cat. I'm sure you are all big fans of Felix the yeah, Cat. He was well, Felix. Yeah. Julius was a complete ripoff of that before copyright laws were big. And when Disney finally gets a big deal with a big studio, Universal, he's like, awesome, I'm going to make this character Oswald. He's going to carry me through until Universal decides that Disney's not quite who they want on the job. And so really, 
even though everyone's like, yeah, Oswald's big, super important to Disney, Disney was only making cartoons with Oswald for like a year. Mm-hmm. It really wasn't that long in the big scheme of things. He was making more cartoons with the Alice comedies and with Julius the Cat than he was with Oswald. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just a similarity to Mickey Mouse made it just everyone glamour. Ed's the story, you know? The story mm-hmm. is the big deal about it. Um, he was in love with the cat, so I, I think it's a little bit weird the cross species. Oswald was there. in love with anything. That is also true. Yeah, yeah Oswald. Really? Yes. Oswald was a. Um, he loved love. Yeah, one one might say he was um, a little bit too lucky. <laughs> Being seven undergraduates and they put you in a room and they're like, "Hey, could you fix the whole Mickey Mouse issue? <laughs> could you make him cool, please?" <laughs> yeah, can like, you just. Uh... Can you just make him cool? See, here's the thing about Mickey Mouse. Mickey Mouse started with a character with a lot of spunk and personality in the 20s and 30s. And then when Donald Duck and Goofy are introduced and they have a lot more unique personalities. Mm -hmm. As we talked about a couple weeks ago when we did Saludos Amigos and the Goodwill Tour and Three Caballeros. Donald Duck was the guy. Exactly, because Mickey Mouse was considered very bland. Fantasia didn't bring him back the way Walt Disney wanted. Mm -hmm. And you see, it's happened again in the 2000s. There's something about Mickey Mouse, even though he's the big corporate mascot, his character, it seems, is just not as intriguing to people. He's just not as interesting as somebody like a Donald Duck or a Goofy. Because he is that corporate mascot. Yeah, he's very vanilla. He can't be Mm -hmm. extreme like Donald. He can't be, you know, laid back like Goofy. He's got to be, you know, suit and tie, uh, nose to the grind, leading the group down the right path. While Donald's trying to you know, punch whatever he can and Goofy's walking into clotheslines and somehow coming out dressed to the nines. No, I think you're exactly correct. I mean, the idea that Mickey Mouse has to represent what the company represents, I think plays a big role here. Like the Coca-Cola polar bear, you don't see him going off and just getting angry at things either. What? Polar bear? Yeah, the polar bear is the mascot of Coca-Cola. Yeah. Okay, I okay, I I wasn't sure. It's just so. It's, so I, you know what? In my mind, I thought of Coca Cola Polar Bear, but I just wasn't sure that that's what you're talking about because it's just a such a vague name. Polar Bear. He doesn't have a name. You want me to change the Hershey Chocolate Bar? <laughs> <laughs> Back to Disney stuff. We've got every time we record an episode, like 8 p.m. onwards, we go off the rails. Yeah, because like mm-hmm. last time. Kali uh, went off the rails. Time before that was super late with the um, March Magic. I was on for that. That went off the rails. Junction Point had 130 people working on the game, with a total of 150 people contributing to the project from around the world. Warren Spector was skeptical at first whether Disney would allow his team to make the game they wanted, which would allow Mickey to return to his mischievous side from his cartoon appearances in the late 1920s and throughout the 1930s. Spector later stated in interviews that he was worried Disney would make them water it down. The team at Junction Point got access to the Disney archive to find inspiration for the setting of the game, which they ultimately named Wasteland. In Wasteland, players control Mickey's path by decisions they make along the way to be either morally helpful or cruelly selfish, and early designs would result in Mickey's appearance changing to reflect the decisions made by the players. However, Disney didn't like the idea of players being able to make Mickey into a mean-looking character. The team decided to redesign Mickey to look more retro, so the team did their research holding binge-watching marathons to watch the old Disney cartoons. The team also took trips to Disneyland to ride rides and look throughout the lands in order to find inspiration for the world they were building. Spectre found it weird to tell his team to try not to make stuff up, but to instead find things to base their ideas on that already exist in the Disney universe. This meant a lot of research. 
As they were finalizing their Mickey design, the team actually used their 2D cinematics by Powerhouse Animation Studios, Inc. and the Emergent Game Technologies Gamebryo engine to recreate an old Mickey cartoon shot for shot. Once they were done, it was nearly impossible to tell which one was over 80 years old and which was developed in 2009. This helped the team master their Mickey form for the rest of the development. Epic Mickey takes some of its plot from the film Fantasia, but uses the retro vintage look for its characters. Man, I love the golden age of cartoons, like classic Mickey Mouse, classic Popeye, Looney Tunes. Like, there's something so peaceful and, I don't know, very relaxing, very nostalgic about those cartoons. Goofy, yeah, I just, I, I, I totally agree with you. It's just it's something that, like, that's uh, so why I'm obsessed with the shorts that they have on Disney+, Plus, like the old shorts, and even some of the new ones. It kind of, um, even the new Mickey shorts brings back that kind of style of um of just like silliness that's oh, what yeah. i like about them so much um so chris did you ever play fable the video game no i haven't okay so fable was very much like what they were going to do with this game but decided not to was you start off as a normal person and right. you can make decisions along the way you can either be nice to people or mean to people if you're nice to people you kind of became like this self-righteous person and you maybe I don't know exactly what happened to you because I was the like, one who went mean, which means like you, Red Dead Redemption, which means you grew horns. Oh, like you legit grew horns like a demon. If you're a mean, maybe if you're good, you drew a got a halo. I don't know. But it seems like this is kind of what the idea this is around the same time, too. This is kind of the idea they're going they're going to try to do. And Disney kind of shut that down. Could you imagine them making <laughs> Mickey like a mean looking character? What could they do? No, what would they add? Absolutely like not. piercings and tattoos. Like, I don't know what they would add in the old school way to make him seem like he's a mean character. Give him an eye patch. Like you've got Mickey at the head of the gang. Right. And then you've got like a mean Donald and a mean goofy. And, you know, just like going out and attacking Oswald. Like, he just starts spitting dip everywhere. <laughs> just trying to think like old school mean characters. From like the twenties, oh thirties. Pete. Pete's exactly who you're looking for. Yeah, there, maybe yeah. he just right. gains weight and turns into a dog. <laughs> a cat. Pete's a cat. Pete's a cat. 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 Wow, that's very yep. animalist of you. I know. It makes they they. After I saw Goofy's human foot, now I'm very confused about Why all. Why were you the... looking at Goofy's feet? Because you made me watch Saludos Amigos. <laughs> um. And so I do you think it was a good idea? Do you think Disney should have stopped that or do you think they should have allowed that? I think they should have stopped it. Like you don't want McDonald's making Ronald McDonald look mean because then people are going to want to stop buying McDonald's to an even greater degree than they already are. Same idea. If the mascot represents the entire business, that business doesn't want people thinking that they're bad. You know, you don't want no. the target dog going out and biting people. Same kind of idea here. I agree. I think it was the right move for sure. It just would have been the reason why we struggle so much to come up with what would they do with Mickey. I think that's part of what went into like, how are we going to do this in good taste? I think it's kind of like real life. Like the meaner you are, the more worse decisions you made, the more you grow a beard. Oh, wait, that what's that say about us? <laughs> yeah, right. It says you're on your way. <laughs> So we've done research on a lot of stuff about Disney, and there's a lot of times that they get to go on trips as quote-unquote research. Yeah. I really wish I had a job that would let send me on research trips to Disneyland <laughs> or research trips to Africa or research trips to South America. Like, what, what am I doing wrong? I want research trips. 
I know this this screamed um, the Goodwill tour episode that we did just a few weeks ago with the whole, oh, you know, let's got to take this business trip with my whole with my wife because my I'm bringing my wife on as creative director uh, to the South America. Yeah, this is this is yeah. We had to 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 get to know Mickey Mouse. We had to ride a lot of the rides. And <laughs> <laughs> I love that so much. Like your 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 work is watching old Mickey cartoons and going to Disneyland. Hey, just you yeah. wait until the next episode that I'm writing the history for for Snow White. The creators had to spend a week living in the woods with the seven dwarfs. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they also had a Mickey Disney marathon. You know, they're, it's like, uh, they're like, uh, Dad, aren't you going to work? Why are you still in PJs? Oh, no, <laughs> I'm in PJs because I'm going to work. Today's movie marathon day. When they built Tower of Terror, the, the same thing. They watched through every episode of The Twilight Zone. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, well, I think we need to like work for Disney, guys. That seems pretty tolling. Yeah, I know, right? Hey, Can you imagine Disney, uh, we know you're listening. Please, please sign us on as your official <laughs> Disney podcast. We'd be great. Junction Point eventually tackled the game mechanics and decided the best way to tell their story was to use the relatively new Nintendo Wii mechanics. It was initially planned for an Xbox 360 and PS3 release, but the team eventually decided the Wii's unique controller allowed a more dynamic playstyle. The Wii controller allowed brush mechanics, which became a vital part of the gameplay. Mickey would use the brush to paint things in to bring them to life or to turn an antagonist good. Mickey would also use paint thinner to erase items or destroy his enemies. In 2008, Gamma Sutra reported on leaked images showing an art concept of a post-apocalyptic goofy Cinderella's castle in Spaceship Earth. However, these concepts were never designed to be used, but instead to test Disney to see how dark they would allow the team to go. The final product that was eventually shown was more of a shapeless, gloomy wasteland with bright, vibrant visuals. The story of Epic Mickey shows the dark side of Oswald the Lucky Rabbit, who was taken from his father, Walt Disney. Mickey received all the attention from Walt and the world. Years later, Mickey, while reading Alice in Wonderland, decides to try to jump through one of his own mirrors, which in fact transports him to Yin Sid's workshop from Fantasia. Mickey finds a world Yin Sid is creating that resembles a Disney park and accidentally spills paint thinner all over it, creating the game's main villain, The Blot. Mickey is eventually pulled into this world by The Blot, and ends up face-to-face with his older brother, Oswald. Mickey uses a magic paintbrush to fix his mistake while traversing Wasteland and meeting other forgotten Disney characters, such as Horace Horsecollar, Clarabelle Cow, The Mad Doctor, and his telephone. The game was released on November 25th, 2010 in Europe, and November 30th in North America. The game failed to reach UK's top 40 and even Wii's top 10 sales. However, Epic Mickey did sell out in North America and has since sold over 3 million units worldwide. The game received mixed reviews with some expert praising the unique concept and its blend of darker settings and characters with the more whimsical elements of the Disney universe. However, some critics found the gameplay awkward and cumbersome with the mechanics being less polished compared to other games also on the Wii at the same time. And his telephone. Yeah, you added that. What is it? What, you added it's, that. It little... is true. It's like um, the telephone was technically a character from one of the Disney cartoons that appears in the game. I like just the one was... that looks like Mickey holding a phone. No, 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 no. The little guy. Uh, have you not yeah, seen Through it's... the Mirror? Through spelled with a U. I don't no. know. If I have recently. Oh, I have to. One, I have to Google. I can just Google Mickey's phone. Yeah, just Google Mickey Mouse phone through the mirror. While you're Mickey doing Mouse that, I do want to talk about phone. some other really cool story elements that. Um, we just didn't have the space for in the history. So, oh, I recognize this guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mickey's telephone. What a guy. What a guy. Can we get him on the show? I wish. That was a good episode. That's it. You know what? Now I'm looking at it. I do remember Through the Mirror, and that's a great short. That is the 
projection screen you have to travel through to get from Mean Street to Oztown, which is Toontown. And that song is an absolute bop. Highly That's recommend. Awesome. It's excellent. But other characters that appear in the games include the Gremlins. There's a whole bunch of Gremlins. The Gremlins were from a book that was originally written to be a Disney movie. It was written by Roald Dahl, who wrote Charlie and the really? Chocolate Factory, uh, James and the Giant Peach, and ultimately they just didn't make the movie, and so the Gremlins appeared throughout the game. Another really cool aspect is that in each of the different lands that represent Disneyland, so there's an area based around Main Street, Fantasyland, Adventureland, yeah. Tomorrowland, and Toontown, and then the sequel has the Frontierland area and Rainbow Caverns and all that. So mm -hmm. Oswald supposedly designed animatronic versions of Mickey's friends, and so you have to find the parts to rebuild and create animatronic Daisy, animatronic Goofy, and animatronic uh, Donald in each of the different lands. And so like you have to find all the goofy parts in their version of Haunted Mansion. You go through Pirates of the Caribbean to find the Don or to find the Daisy parts. You go through Carousel of Progress to find the Donald parts. It's really, really cool. God, concept. I want to play this game so bad. It's so good. The issue is just It'd be so cool hard if they remastered to find it. I'm sure. Mickey. It's literally the coolest. They have the power of two on Steam. And the fact that the sequel the sequel is so disappointing. And we can talk about this in the sequel part. The sequel, they stopped halfway through. They realized either they didn't have the budget or they didn't have the time. And so they end the game really abruptly and there's a cliffhanger. And then if you like finish the free play, so you're just like messing around with the free play at the end. You can see extra missions that they forgot to program out of the game and you just have no clue what it leads to. It's really oh disappointing. And it's a musical. I might buy this and stream it. The, it's a musical? Yeah, it's a musical. And the songs make no sense because the characters speak yeah. in the second version. They don't speak in the first version. It's weird. It's, yeah. That's Very the history, weird. but yeah. But they have the Matterhorn. Sure. Actually, Matterhorn's in the first one, I think. Matt Dogger's hey, is the second one. The, yeah, the second one has parts of the park in it. They both have parts of the park. The second one's Frontierland. The first one's more Fantasyland. It's six dollars on Steam. Oh, that's worth your money. The then. second one. Do that and yeah. stream. That'd be fun. Yeah, I, I wish the first cool. one was on there. That'd be awesome. The first one is oh, by wow. far superior. I wonder yeah. why they didn't put the first one. It, it says the first only. game was never released on PC. There is no port to release. The second game was planned for PC release. Mm -hmm. Yes. So yeah. that's why. Yeah, because I guess they just don't have a way to do it. I don't know. Because I don't have a Wii. I don't have a Wii. I'm not going to buy it. I've got the disc back home, but mm. I don't know. Um, RJ, it's kind of funny. I was doing this history, and Yin Sid came up. Yeah, Yin Sid, my dude. Please remind me how we used Yin Sid recently in our Discord server, because if you're not a Patreon member or you're not part of the Goofy, you don't know this, but... Every day is it every single day or is it every other day? We try to make it every day. Um, so almost every day we have a question of the day that everyone gets to try to answer and try to figure out what the answer is. And some of them are hard. Some of them are very hard and we have to, and RJ will work on it. Sometimes Ryan will work on it. And uh, sometimes they have to give away the answers because people can't figure out what the answer are. Uh, what was the question that had to do with Yin Sid? So this was actually a question that was provided to us by one of the Patreon members, Trent. And Trent asked, who is Yen Sid a reference to? Yen Sid being from Fantasia. And mm -hmm. Yen Sid is a reference to Walt Disney. His name is right. Disney Backwards. Mm -hmm. And we'll talk yes. about him when we cover Fantasia in a few months. Yeah. Y-E-N-S-I-D. Yen Sid, which is Disney Backwards. Yep. Uh, was his face 
based on Disney? Because I don't think so. I saw him in the, but I saw him through the cartoon of Epic Fantasy the video game. So his face looked really weird to me. Um, but I don't know if you're thinking of Fantasia. If you can think of, uh, it's Walt's face inside out. I hope that's yeah, not true. That. He, he, he <laughs> looks true. he looks more like Mitch McConnell to me. <laughs> Except a little bit younger. So, uh, as I watched some of the introduction to Epic Mickey, the beginning uh, animation, or, you know, uh, what's the word for the part that you don't play, but... Oh, the, the um, cutscenes? Yes, the intro cutscene. Uh, I saw the blot, and um, if you play this as a kid, the blot's kind of scary looking. Oh, well, you think the blot's scary? The very first scene, Mickey crashes through the top of the castle and is being tortured by the Mad Doctor in the same I way that the Mad, Mad Doctor. Doctor tortures him in the original 1930s black and white Mad Doctor cartoon, which is terrifying. Mad Doctor's weird looking. And that's the scene that scared me away from the game when I originally got it when I was like 11 or so, and I was given a random GameStop gift card for my birthday, and I got the game. And so that was what originally freaked me out and made me come back to the game years later. But the Mad Doctor a- scares me more than the blot personally the blot is just oogie boogie chertabog and maleficent all mixed into one. Oh, maleficent interesting yeah he's got the horns in one thing i guess it takes different forms so mm. drawing inspiration how much would you guys have liked to see a wasteland version of epcot or animal kingdom or hollywood studios the other parks well i would rather see a post-apocalyptic version hmm. which is what they didn't do for the game but they hmm. you know people People leaked. If people leaked as images and then I bought Epic Midi and saw Wasteland, I would have been very disappointed because I love post-apocalyptic worlds. I think Wasteland's better personally. I just I love how you're walking down the street and you see all these random lost characters that you're not expecting to see. It's kind of like in Loki, the uh, when you get pruned. Yeah, actually, it's exactly like that. Yeah, I like that idea. I think that'd be really cool. It'd be kind of sad for Animal Kingdom. Because of the animals, I think it would look more like SeaWorld, <laughs> but um, <laughs> but I think it'd be really cool to see uh, Hollywood Studios like lost uh, lost relics from the the golden age of TV or of movies. Oh, great movie ride! You know, really old the attractions mm-hmm. that are no longer. Around. So, if you guys were to get pruned or to end up in a wasteland version, who would you most want to see? Let's go with like characters here. Nobody real. Okay, a character. Like a character that people don't really remember. Oh, okay. That one they don't really remember. Um, Professor Al from the um, from the Disney sing-alongs. Oh, the oh my gosh! What a legend! What yeah. a legend! I have yeah, a different I love answer. Love that as well. guy. Oh, Professor Owl's hype. I'd go Humphrey the Bear. I love Humphrey the Bear and his buddy oh, Woodlock. You know, Woodlock's pretty awesome. Like Humphrey and Woodlock. You know, the classic duo, iconic. I, people don't really remember them. I'd love to meet Humphrey the Bear and Woodlock. Just kind of walking around. See, that's a great that's a great answer too. I um I don't I don't know. You could I'm, say like the whole cast of Atlantis. <laughs> I mean you could say the whole cast forgotten. of Strange World. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's, man. That's, that's not too far. And Wish for that matter, based on what we're seeing for reviews. Yeah. Well, too soon. Um I don't know. It's hard it's hard to say because if I like them, I'm I'm not forget about them, but I don't know what most people have forgotten about. I'm trying to think of a Disney IP that I like. A lot of people don't like like I love the um I love the rescuers down under but I don't think that's a very common thing people like yeah that's and a good that's movie. something I like so I guess 
I guess seeing the ma- the mice, the mice, they were mice. Yeah, yeah. Bernard and Bianca. Yeah, the mice in that movie. I vibe with them. I vibe with them. That's a good choice. RJ, uh, RJ, you're picking Humphrey. Yeah, what a legend. Either Humphrey or Julius. Man, Humphrey's so cool. We got to do a history on Humphrey, man. He had, I think he had like three cartoons, and they were all so good. But like they they took away because no one else cared. We're not doing the history on the guy who had three cartoons. Well, you know what? When April Speak- Fool's Day comes around, we do like a mystery history, and you guys are like, give me a history. You can't, don't tell a us what it is. Mystery history. Hum- Humphrey. Humphrey the Bear. In 2011, Marvel Comics released a prequel comic based on Epic Mickey titled Disney's Epic Mickey Tales of the Wasteland, written by Peter David. Also in 2011, a U.S. exclusive collector's edition of Epic Mickey was released, which included a behind-the-scenes DVD, Mickey vinyl figure, Wii remote skin, and Wii console skin. In August 2011, an article posted by Destructoid stated that Disney was developing an Epic Mickey 2. In March of 2012, Warren Spector and Disney France invited the French media to reveal the official news of a sequel being in development. A team of 700 was already hard at work on Epic Mickey 2, The Power of 2, which would focus on cooperative gameplay, with redeemed Oswald the Lucky Rabbit being a playable character alongside Mickey. Spectre states that the sequel's development team would focus on fixing the commonly complained about camera issues, which resulted in over a thousand changes being made to just the camera mechanics. Spectre also confirmed that the second installment of Epic Mickey would add in voice acting and musical numbers, something the first game had none of. Epic Mickey 2 was released in November of 2012 for Wii U, PS3, PlayStation Vita, Microsoft Windows, and Xbox 360. The game flopped in Disney's eyes when it came to sales, but just like the first one, it received mixed reviews, with critics still complaining about the camera controls and game mechanics. The failure Epic Mickey 2 played a role in the decision by Disney to close down Junction Point Studios. Also in 2012, Disney Interactive Studios released Epic Mickey Power Evolution for the Nintendo 3DS, which was developed by Dream Rift. This game paid homage to the classic Sega Genesis title Castle of Illusion, starring Mickey Mouse. The game utilizes the same Mickey with the paint and thinner mechanics, but was developed to mimic the 2D side-scrolling and story arc of Castle of Illusion. The game received similar criticisms to its home console counterparts, but was never viewed as a great success, but all these games did gain a strong fan base that will always cherish these games. So here's the thing. You work to create, what, like a, a thousand changes to the cameras? Because you're like, man, people hated that. Let's make it better. And everyone and still, still complains fail. about the cameras. Yeah. That's, when I was reading it, I was like, yeah, it's like, uh, I was like, oh my gosh, it's insane that um, they did all that work and people were like, these cameras still stink. <laughs> Just the like the small um, the clips that I've seen, the cameras are not great. No, they it's are. It's kind of like a drone camera. I'm definitely not looking for, if I do play it, I'm not looking forward to dealing with cameras. I would say cameras, I think, can, they don't necessarily make or break a game. If a game is good enough, you're willing to get by with the cameras but it's just enough that it's going to irk you every time you're playing. It's kind of like when you have a rock in your shoe. It's a small pebble. If you're trying to get where you need to get quickly, it's not something you're going to stop and remove, but it's going to get on your nerves and it's going to be grating. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're right for sure. Epic I always Mickey... have to stop melee and get those rocks out. Oh, yeah. Well, Epic Mickey Power of Two, though, it's it's still a fun game. Epic Mickey Two Power of Two, which I, I dislike the title because it's too too many times i just i don't like it's it's not even a play on words because it's the same number mm-hmm. it's not like power like the power of two t-o no it's power mm-hmm. of t-w-o epic mickey two the power of two like no just call it epic mickey two i i i i, I had to type it too many times for my liking <laughs> it's it's definitely another little irksome 
element there. As I mentioned earlier, my big issue with Power of Two is that it just feels incredibly unfinished. And it's a shame because there's so many cool elements. They finally give us a version of Frontierland. The main attraction there is Rainbow Caverns, which we haven't done the history of, but would be a super fun history because it used to be the big main attraction in Frontierland in Disneyland before they replaced it with Big Thunder Mountain. And it was ah. essentially the Jungle Cruise of Frontierland. Mm -hmm. It's a really, really neat yes. attraction. And I think it's a shame that there's very little footage of it that remains out there, but it's cool they incorporated it into that game. Other than that, there's not a ton that I remember from Power of Two that really made it stand out. You don't go into as many attractions. There's a lot less details, as I recall. And the multiplayer aspect for me really didn't work that well. So overall, Power of Two has some cool elements. It's worth checking out, but it's not nearly as good as the original. Mm. I, uh, I was kind of curious to see what other original Mickey Mouse video games uh, came, were, were released by Disney. Oh, there's a ton. And, and well, of recent memory. Oh. Like, I was like, I was thinking, like, when was the most recent one? So, um, Epic Mickey was 2010. Epic Mickey 2 was 2012. Mickey's Typing Adventure was a typing instructor. Oh, so my was, favorite, my favorite. Very high-stakes game. Almost as good 2012. as we <laughs> Disney Magician Chronicles 2012, Epic Mickey Power of Illusion 2012, Castle of Illusion starring Mickey Mouse uh, 2013, and then nothing for 10 years until this year. Um, Disney Illusion Island, which actually is based on the Mickey shorts, it looks like. It's a, TD, it's a 2D side-scrolling game. Um for the Nintendo Switch. It's just on Switch, unfortunately. But 10 years. So they have, they've kind of slowed down on original so Disney games. I hope it speeds back up. I think it's cool that they, that they do that. You say it's on the Switch? Yes. I have to go buy that disc. <laughs> so if you guys could make an Epic Mickey little minigame, however, you can only make that minigame explore and go through a wasteland version of one attraction in any Disney park in the world. Which attraction do you choose for that entire level? Who is your boss from that attraction and why? Okay. Oh man. You ask such hard questions <laughs> that, that, so, that needs so much like think and forethought. Well, I'm sorry. I could have just not come on as the <laughs> one guy who's played the game. <laughs> um, oh man. One attraction. Chris, do you have an answer? Yes, I do. Go ahead. Talk for 15 minutes. So my idea for I've actually thought this out. I think about this a lot. My idea for the game would be Tower of Terror. Ooh, good answer. And it's one level, but there's 13 stages, right? The 13th floor. You have to stop Rod Sterling from cutting the cable of your of your uh, uh, elevator. I'm sorry to interrupt. Just the Twilight Zone family. It's Rod Sterling. That's what I said. You said Sterling. Yeah, and you know what? I always said Ronald Dahl until I heard you say Roald Dahl. <laughs> I've always said Ronald Dahl. <laughs> always. I was like, are you just forgetting the N? Like when you're typing typing this in chat? Nope. Who names their kid Roald, though? The British. The British. Uh, but anyway, yeah, so I think uh, Rod, Rod Serling would be the boss. No, in all actuality, I think the boss fight would be um, trying to navigate... 
through all of like these projectiles coming at you, like everything that you that you go through, the clocks and the the windows and whatever, trying to get to uh, the end of the the level. The I think ghost kid. The oh, ghost kid. The ghost kid with the little Mickey Mouse doll. That'd be cool. But it would have to be for me. It would have to be an original attraction, not like a Pirates of the Car- well, Pirates of the Caribbean was an original. They attraction also had a whole level movie. on that. Um, but it's like, it would have to be an original attraction for sure. Country Bear Jamboree, where you have to fight Ooh. Big Al at the end would be good. Oh, even Tiki Room. Hall of Presidents. Can you imagine Room? Hall of Presidents? They had, oh. I, I can't remember. They had some version of Mr. Lincoln. I forget how they did it, though. Did they really? I think. I, I might be misremembering. Was, was he vampire? Was he a vampire hunter instead? No, he very <laughs> much was. Oh, maybe I'm thinking of the Carousel of Progress portion, which was also- There was a Carousel of Progress dude, portion? so cool. And you have to like, <laughs> to get through each level, you have to like do a certain number of things to get the carousel to move to a different part. It's so That's awesome. awesome. That's and pretty cool. And then each part of the, you can go different way on the carousel. And one way is like one villain. The other way is a different set of villains that you have to face. Oh, wow. It's yeah, so your cool. decision could make you avoid villains completely. Um, my would be Toy Story Mania, and each of those little sections is its own levels, and then of course the ultimate villain would be Zerg. Very easy. So your video game would be an already made video game. Wait, <laughs> sorry, sorry guys. <laughs> Toy Story Mania is probably my least favorite attraction at Disney World, honestly. It's because you don't have video games. That's actually that's, that's probably one hundred percent the reason why. Um, I actually have two different answers since you guys have answered. One yeah. for me that they couldn't do because of all the IP. I love the great movie ride. Great movie mm-hmm. ride, and at the end, you know, I would choose Wicked Witch of the West you have to face. She's, like, haunting you throughout each movie. They could never do that with the IP. So my other one is Spaceship... Well, RJ, wait, the villain could be budget cuts. Oh, for... It wasn't budget cuts, though, for... because they built a horrible ride in that its place. That is true. That is true. The Whoa. other one that I would choose that they could definitely make happen is the one they'd actually considered beforehand, Spaceship Earth where you're going through each level of history, gradually moving up. And at the end, once you get to the very top, the moon that's up there ends up like attacking you and you have to like get down through the spaceship earth portion, getting through like the future portion of it with like the moon chasing you, like a temple run type of deal. I have three Wii's sitting in storage. (laughs) I might have to buy this game. I might have to break them out and blow the dust off of them too. To, yeah, if there's a way you can movie. stream that. That would like bring back so many memories for me. That'd be amazing. I could actually. I could. That'd be amazing. I will definitely do Epic Mickey too because it's mm-hmm. gonna take some time for Epic Mickey one. It's a shame because you won't Epic understand Mickey the two, story going into it. You will. You just explain it. To me. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> yeah, I'll read the cliff notes. <laughs> quick fire, quick facts. Let's go. According to Warren Spector, he once pitched a movie based on the Epic Mickey universe, but Disney was not interested. Epic Mickey was Oswald's second appearance in a video game after Brazil's Woody Woodpecker's frustrated vacations. A big inspiration for the artwork in the game came from Mary Blair, whose desk was actually right outside the team's office. The music for the game was composed by James Dooley, and it was later named Best Soundtrack of 2010 by X-Play. You guys know Oswald's first film appearance after he was officially bought for Epic Mickey? Uh, no, I do not. Ooh. With Disney. Right. It was the film Get a Horse, which you may remember starts out like a really old-fashioned Disney, like, Mickey Mouse film, and then Mickey goes through the screen and enters the real world. It played before the 2013 phenomenon Frozen in theaters. Oh, wow. Get a Horse was a remake of Get a Horse, right? No, Get a Horse, it wasn't a remake. It was, like, intended to 
appear like it was a lost cartoon from oh, way back when. Oh, I, I, I watched, yeah, I watched that at Disney, I think, for the first time, at Disney Oh, World. oh yeah, it's in the um absolutely awful replacement for Honey, I Shrunk the Audience. Yes, yes, I need one. to watch this, because it looks really good. Yeah, there's like a, like a rip in the thing, yeah. Captain America shirt makes a reference. I don't know how they can do that at Disney World, but that's okay. I'm not telling. We hear Disney's think that Epic Mickey is an incredible, entertaining, and inventive game that pays homage to a multitude of the classic Disney cartoons and characters, many of which are little remembered today. The game's unique decision-making mechanics and alternate reality version of Disneyland make it especially fascinating and entertaining. And if one can find a copy of it, it's certainly worth playing due to its highly engaging gameplay experience. Are you looking for a magical experience? Look no further than Three Cheeky Chicks, a Disney-themed candle company that will transport you to your favorite childhood memories. Three Cheeky Chicks offers wax melts, candies, candles, diffuser oils, and room sprays, all available on MagicallyScented.com. The best part? You can use the code DizHiz20 at checkout to receive 20% off your purchase. Immerse yourself in the world of Disney with scents like Poly Juice Potion, which is orange and mold fruit, blended with oak and patchouli on a base of sugared berries. Or try Once Upon a Dream, a magical blend of pears, peaches, and mild red berries mixed with water lily, apple blossoms, tiari flowers, and jasmine with a base of vanilla orchard, sandalwood, coconut milk, and chiffron musk. And don't forget the official Dizhiz scent, created exclusively for fans of the Dizhiz podcast. Three Chicka Chicks candles, wax melts, and diffusers make the perfect gift for any Disney lover. So visit magicallyscented.com today and use the code DizHiz20 for 20% off your purchase. Three Cheeky Chicks, where every scent tells a story. Hey guys, want to hear something cool? Do you want to be part of the Goof Troop? Our Goof Troop is the best, and a way to help support the show. You get access to our wonderful giveaways, Discord chat, and you can join for only $2 a month. In our Discord chat, you can interact with the hosts and some of our great members. There are Disney-themed games in our chat, streams from the park, we have a special Spotify playlist. Overall, we just have a lot of fun. You also get access to our live shows, which can sometimes be a little crazy. Once again, help support the show for as low as $2 a month and join the Goof Troop. Just go to DizHiz.com and on top, there's a link. A Disney cruise is no ordinary vacation. It's an adventure, a fairy tale, a dream. Step aboard and discover where favorite Disney characters meet fun for the whole family. Where total rest and relaxation meet the ultimate escape and excitement. Where a dream vacation meets a magical cruise. Only on Disney Cruise Line, where magic meets the sea. To book your magical Disney Cruise Line vacation, go to sandpipervacations.com today. Check us out streaming on award-winning Disney streaming site, Sorcerer Radio, on Fridays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, or catch us again at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Sorcerer Radio is an amazing 24-7 Disney radio. Just visit srsounds.com or download the Sorcerer Radio app. Yo, what's up? It's your main man, your favorite rapper, John Paul Jones, bringing you some hidden Mickeys from the video <laughs> game series, Epic Mickey. It's going to be a really good one. So you're going to want to sit behind some 
warped glass so that you can get a great view of the segment here. <laughs> now, before we get into this Hidden Mickey segment, I do want to mention that the second Hidden Mickey game, Hidden Mickey 2, The Power of Two, features an entire mission where it revolves around finding hidden Mickeys within the different lands and taking photos of them. There's also some hidden Oswalds there. I'm not going to go through every single one. That'll take a really long time. It would be about as pointless as going to Liberty Tree Tavern 12 different times. But <laughs> I'd like to touch on some of my favorites. Starting with Blot Alley, if you look at one of the gates on the door, you'll notice that it's boarded up. However, once you return to that section of the game, the boards should be gone, and you should be able to spot a hidden Mickey on that door. In Bog Easy, you'll have to use Thinner to destroy all of the grass in the area. Once you destroy all the grass, the remaining grass that you can't thin away will form a hidden Mickey. In Disney Gulch, which stands in for Frontierland, there is a pretty obvious but pretty fun one where a cactus forms a Mickey head shape. There is also a hidden Mickey on a wall just left to the melting clock that's on the bridge between the Disney Gulch and the Mad Doctor's Lab. On Mean Street, by fixing the pool in the center of the town, you'll be able to see a hidden Mickey. The robot head must be repaired, and then you can see a hidden Mickey within the rock wall that's revealed. Finally, a fun one hidden in Rainbow Falls that's a tie-in to next week's history. After going through the Thinner Falls on a ledge just before the teetering platform, after the ceiling above has been thinned out, there is a secret area that includes an image of Snow White and a Mickey indent right next to it. Those are just a few Hidden Mickeys from Hidden Mickey 2, The Power of Two, one of my favorite comic strips. What, it's, it's not a comic strip? That's what Charis told me. What, it, it's Chris? Man, I should have done my research before going through this segment. Anyways, my name is rapper John Paul Jones. Thank you for letting me bring you these Hidden Mickeys. Amos. I love John Paul Jones. He's my favorite rapper. <laughs> did you did you know that you said that it was from Hidden Mickey too? It did was I? from Mickey, yeah. Hidden Mickey. <laughs> I, I meant to say Epic Mickey too. <laughs> uh, that's okay. I, I, I um I love how there's so many Hidden Mickeys in the game. That is so cool. That is cool. I love that. Yeah, that's, love that's that. a really fun one. There's a lot of Hidden Oswald as well, and so the younger sibling that I would like, would watch the game with me. Now, whenever they're like in the real world they see something that looks like a hidden mickey or like could even look like a hidden oswald they'll send a little photo of it like all these years later. ah that's nice. so cool niels wants to know hello this is your new niels wants to know we are approaching the christmas season which means festive decorations and seasonal entertainment in the disney parks and the disney hotels I bet you know what you can expect at Walt Disney World for Christmas as the offering might be quite similar every year. But if you could add something, add something Christmas to the parks or the resorts, what would it be? Let's hear your ideas. You know what? I, mine, mine's an easy answer, actually. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You probably have the same answer, Chris. Mine's the overlay for Haunted Mansion that's, that's in Disneyland. That's. I'm so upset with you. That's also my answer. That's also <clears> my answer. Well, I have a different answer then. Okay. Um, we I all mentioned this three have to come with a new answer table. now. Well, my other answer yeah, is do an overlay of Muppet Vision 3D that's a Muppet Christmas Carol. Yeah, that's a good idea too. Oh, that's a good idea. Dang. It'll uh, give me one less thing to do. Wow, oh, you know what? Studios. Mickey, <laughs> I, we've said this before, but Mickey Runaway Railway, it's all digitized. They should have overlays for every season, one of them being Christmas for sure. 
What oh. about a Star Wars holiday special overlay of Star Tours? Well, I actually, I think a, a total holiday um, layover in Galaxy's Edge would be cool with the um, their holiday. It's not Christmas. It's um, like the Festival Life of Light Day. or something. Life Day. Life Day. Yes, I think that would be really cool. Well, what do you guys think Niels is going to say? Oh, what is Niels going to say? I, I wouldn't be surprised if Niels has a Nightmare Before Christmas overlay for Phantom Manor over in Paris. I, 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 I know cool. what his answer is going to be. What is it? It's gonna be something about um, Avengers, Pandora. Oh, because he loves Pandora. He could mm -hmm. an Iron Man three overlay for the Avengers area. There, Iron Man three is a Christmas movie, by the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it, is, true. it is. It is. It is. Get that. Get a snowing. Snowing. For me, it's a bit harder to come up with a Walt Disney World uh, suggestion, as I have never visited the parks during the Christmas season. But if I look at Disneyland Paris, the Christmas season decorations are quite limited to Main Street USA in the Castle Park and some more uh, items or decorations at the Hotel Disney Village and also at some shops. But the strange thing is that Halloween is celebrated here in the same places, but including Frontierland as a whole. Actually, there might be as much or even more decorations in Frontierland than in Main Street. So I would love to see, well, more uh, uh, Christmas decorations in the other lands besides Main Street USA, like we have in uh, the Halloween season in uh, Frontierland. So yeah, I was thinking Avengers Campers in Walt Disney Studios Park, how cool would it be if we had some kind of Christmas theme in there? like Groot with Christmas lights. <laughs> so to conclude, this news wants to know, um, Disney trips could be pricey and especially the holiday uh, season, uh, well, is quite uh, overpriced. So that's why they play Jingle Bills in Main Street USA from now on. Take care, bye-bye. Jingle Bills. <laughs> See, I thought he was mispronouncing something, but I totally forgot that was the end of the, end of the skit. Therefore, it was a joke, not actuality. You know what we mentioned? RJ mentioned... Uh, Adventures Campus with uh, Iron Man 3. So we touched that. So great. Uh, I think that was a good idea by uh, Niels. No, that, was a that was a good one. That was a really good question, Niels. Holiday season super, super fun in the yeah, parks. Yeah, I like that. It's neat to hear about how they celebrate it or they could expand on celebrating it over in Paris. So, Chris, what did you do this week at Disney? Um, I read more comics. I am uh, in between a bunch of them. I also, I think I talked about this last week. I uh, Googled the after credit scene for the Marvels. <laughs> yes, you did talk about last uh, week. Yes, so pretty excited about the future of that. Besides that, not not really too much. Okay. Um, I didn't do that much this week with Disney. I'm going to hit it really fast before I go to RJ. Uh, watch some Simple Symphonies. Uh, put those on. Um, what are those? What, what are, are those? Simple Symphonies? Yeah, yeah. The old Disney cartoons? Am I saying it wrong? I've never heard of those before. It's kind of cool. I, I like the Silly Symphonies. Silly Symphonies. Um, silly Symphonies. Yes, yeah, Silly Symphonies. And um, I put it on one of the the the, um, the Turtle and the Hare box, each other. Oh, the Tortoise and the Hare is a classic. And uh, there's a lot of smoking in that episode. A lot of cigar lot smoking. smoking in a lot of them. A lot of cigar smoking. In a lot of them, you're right. A lot of cigar smoking back in the day. Uh, they definitely thought smoking was cool. And it's not, kids. It's not. Don't smoke. It's not a joke. Um, RJ, what did you do this week at Disney? 
Let's see, so outside of starting to work on History for Snow White, I watched a lot of Star Wars Clone Wars, the TV show. I am about halfway through, just over halfway through season one, starting to get into it a little bit. Not the easiest show to get into. No, it's I'm not, but it gets good. It. Yeah, yeah, it's it, starting to get better. Have you gotten to any of those um, episodes where it's like a three-episode story arc? Like yes. a battle? Yeah, those, those, are my, those are my favorite. I yeah. definitely dig those. Do those you dislike Ahsoka? Because I dislike Ahsoka in Clone Wars. Ahsoka gets on my nerves, yeah, in the beginning, but she's not horrible. as much as Jar Jar Binks does. Oh, my gosh. So, he comes Ahsoka's in once just, in a while. Ahsoka's pretty poorly written in season one. Yeah, so. she's she's very annoying and whiny, but she gets so much better as she and becomes she's very more inconsistent too. Did she did she get the second lightsaber out of nowhere yet? No. Yeah, so like you, you see her in pictures with the, the two lightsabers, like in the promos I, for everything. I haven't, no. Well, there's no significance behind it. She just all of a sudden gets a second lightsaber. So I Googled it. I was like, <laughs> when? Like, something like, did I fall asleep? Like, did I miss this? And they're like, no, they just like randomly gave her a second lightsaber without, like, she just started using a second one one day. <laughs> okay. Whatever. That's how it goes. That's New Journal Grievous. Like, uh, it's other, cool at all, but. <laughs> the other big thing I did in the world of Disney was I went to the theaters and watched the Marvels. Oh, so, how'd you like it? It was not as bad as people have say are saying that it was. It wasn't anything special. It wasn't what I expected from Marvel, like in Phase 3 with the quality. It's definitely middle of the road. It's like Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness or Black Widow. It's not great, but it's not anything awful. It's not like Eternals or Secret Invasion or Quantumania. It's not horrible it's also not great like guardians of the galaxy volume 3 shang chi and the legend of the 10 rings anything Dude, like shots that. shots fired over here how about ant-man 2 oh ant-man and the wasp is a really fun movie i really it's so like funny i hated that movie yeah i'm not a fan uh, of it well some of us have taste i'm joking um <laughs> but uh, the marvel was fun it just it didn't necessarily do anything for me there was a super fun scene on a musical planet that i thought was super entertaining maybe it fell a little bit out of place but i didn't mind it and then that post-credit scene i didn't know anything about it going into it and so that one kind of took me by shock and i'm really excited to see where they go with that or if they go anywhere with oh, that anywhere soon what was I know it play that, it <laughs> I mean, i'm not gonna spoil it if alex doesn't want it spoiled. i i no, have no, i'm just kidding don't kidding. spoil it but Okay. You guys have talked about it, and now I'm gonna go Google it because I'm not gonna see this movie until it comes out on Disney Plus, which could be two to three months from now. So I might mm -hmm. as well just go ahead and Google the cutscene now, and go it doesn't watch spoil it. the movie. I'm not gonna say anything, but it doesn't it spoil do the movie it does whatsoever. Spoil the movie, actually. Yeah, but it doesn't. What? No, it does. Like something that happens to <laughs> How somebody. Can you both have yeah, that's, a, that's a very critical point to the ending of the movie. So yeah, it was overall a fun movie. I would tell people if you give it a chance, even if you're not sure, it won't be your favorite Marvel movie. I can't you can bring get like a cheap matinee ticket. I can't believe it. they're bringing back Thanos. Thanks for telling me, guys. Oh, it's wild! It's absolutely <laughs> wild. The, the best part was when Batman and Harry Potter ended up joining together with Captain Marvel. So next week on Diz His, we're doing Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, the movie. And uh, like RJ has said in the episode that he's working on the history, RJ, what are some fun facts about that movie? There was this absolutely wild multi-layered camera that was used for the film. There were also a lot of potential names for the seven dwarfs that were not used for the film. And I'll actually be bringing 
you two and Nick a quick game about that next week. So stay tuned for that. Very cool. And I've always stated every time we bring up like classic movies, I always state how good the graphics are in Snow White. And not graphics because I mean, I, can you say graphics? Not really. How animation. good the animation is in Snow White when it's the point of view from under the water in the wishing well. Uh, in the water well, like that scene, the animation is so good. Yeah, it, it does is not good. look like a movie that's over a hundred years, almost a hundred years old. Over a hundred years old, and nineteen thirty-seven, almost a hundred years old. It's 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 close. I mean, it's over ten years away from that. Yeah, it's, it's closer close. to eighty-five years old. It's closer to a hundred than it is fifty. I guess it's also you it's know not you guess that's mathematics. America's closer to. 400 than it is to zero it is true <laughs> fact check true <laughs> so the next week uh, I mean, alex you're pre- you're closer to 50 than you are to zero you're right you're right you're right uh so yeah like rj mentioned um nick from sandpiper is gonna be on next week so i can't wait to get him in here to talk about seven no white and the seven dwarves if you liked the episode i greatly love that you loved the episode we just did if you're interested in joining the Patreon, like we've alluded to throughout the episode, please go to our link tree. And from there, you can do a link to our Patreon for a little $2 a month. You can join the Patreon, our goof troop, and get to our Discord. In our Discord, we record live every week. We, at one point, we had like five people watching live. So, you know, it's a fun little banter we do during the episodes. We sometimes talk to people through the messages. Sometimes we keep it episodes. Sometimes we don't. Um, you also get Cutting Room Floor, which will be a lot for this episode because we are almost an hour and a half in recording, and you know I don't try to make episodes less than an hour, but sometimes there's just stuff we cut out because a maybe we got on a tangent, b maybe it's not safe for work, and c sometimes I just like hey I'm just gonna cut this little part out just to make it a little more easier for the listener to um, get through it. Uh, also, in our link tree, you can get to our blog that any Patreon of ours can write on. You can also get to our social media, Dis His Pod. Please go out and comment on us, like our stuff. Uh, please, if you want, send messages. And from there on a link tree, you can also get to our T Public, where you can get to our merchandise that we have. We have some great shirts that Chris uh, has put together over there. Making a new one right now, actually. You Alex. are. I am. Whoa. Can't believe uh, it. This is his favorite rapper. Oh, great. I Captain can't John wait. Paul Jones. I, Captain? Captain. He was in the wow. Navy. And hidden Mickey expert John Paul Jones. Hidden Mickey expert. That's true, too. Um, Good guy. So, yeah. So, please get over there to our link tree and, you know, like all the likes and thumbs up all the thumbs up and comment all the comments. And If you comment the – if you DM the Diz his Instagram account with the word asparagus in the next week – I will give you a digital high five. Oh, you're here to hear foes. And first. Chris Yob, how do you spell asparagus? A-S-P-A-R-I-G-U-S. Um, So please head over there and do all the stuff I just said. And as soon as this episode ends, please stop what you're doing. Pull your car over, please. Do not get in an accident. And go into your podcast platform. And give us a five-star review or four stars or three stars. Anything below two, you email us directly at dishispod at gmail.com. And we will convince you why we're better than two stars. 
Better, I would say you guys are better than four stars. If anyone wants to give bet, like anything that's below five stars, you know, four stars or below, email directly. I'll send. You know what? You know what I'm gonna send back? A digital, a digital high five. Oh. Uh, a digital and a digital clap, and then that will hopefully bring up to five stars. So it's an offer you can't refuse. And that's the his on Epic Mickey. I'm Alex. I'm Chris. I'm RJ. Thanks for listening. Have a magical week.